Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. It is the five-time show, let your boo begin, where we drop knowledge bombs for you in Portland. Teach the proven systems to make your ends, so you can produce the greenery like all the Oregon. Sue will call you Franklin, cause you got Benjamins. We'll call you Ben Pearl, cause you just bought a Benz. And then you'll be bragging to your wife and kids that your wallet's overweight, but it used to be thin. Thumbs away, this is play broadcasting with the Zen, with the focus locked in like San Quentin. Can I get a B to the O, O to the M? You've heard the rumors, he is I, and I is him. He be the Z, and I be the C. Now it's teaching business skills from play to Z. We both grew up poor, but we're poor no more. The goal of this show is to help you score. All right, all right, and all right, Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. My name is Clay Clark. I am the father of five human kids, the co-host of the Thrive Time Show, the co-founder of The Elephant in the Room, the co-founder of Epic Photography, the partner of Dr. Robert Zellner. And between the two of us, we built 13 multi-million dollar brands and counting. And the entire focus of this show is to help you get to where you want to go financially and to get to where you want to go in the areas of your faith and your family and your finances and your fitness and your friendship and your fun. We want to help you achieve success and to truly be able to achieve both that time freedom and financial freedom that everybody is seeking. And so what we like to do is we like to occasionally reach out to what I would call the goats, the greatest of all time, or people who are achieving at a very high level. And we like to break down their actual routines, their actual uh, habits, the actual books they read, the mindsets they have that have allowed them to achieve success. So for our next guest, I mean, you, you guys are in for a treat here. This kid, his, uh, his father uh, drank and smoked uh, quite a bit when he was a kid, all right? And he was a fifth-string running back up to his junior year of high school. And he was chubby, and he had asthma, really, really bad asthma. But yet this guy went on to convince his father, he actually convinced his father to stop smoking and drinking, and he used that as motivation to get him to the next level, ultimately earning a roster spot in the NFL, the National Football League, playing for the New York Football Giants, where he played for seven seasons. After retiring from the, the National Football League, he went on to win Dancing with the Stars, having never previously been taught formal dancing. And now he has a book out. Who is this man? Oh, who, who, that's a great question. Well, today's guest is none other than Rashad Jennings. So now without any further ado, Mike's Exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings. Rashad Jennings, how are you, my friend? Man, I am absolutely amazing. Appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you for being on here. We have a, an audience of a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of self-help uh, seeking people. So I want to start with a tough question first, and then it'll get easier, I promise. Okay, so here we go. Um, who is a better dancer, you or Victor Cruz, the Salsa King? Oh. Myself or Victor, Victor, Victor know what he's doing out there on the floor. But uh, when we talking about ballroom, it's more than just salsa. I got him. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, my understanding is you grew up chubby, overweight, and struggling with asthma, yet you defied the odds and made it to the NFL. And then en route to actually doing so, you convinced your own dad to stop drinking 
ant smoking. Can you share with us how you did this? Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's it's truly a heartfelt story. Um, you know, I did. I grew up an overweight, chubby kid, glasses, asthma, .6 GPA at one point in time, Oof. fifth string running back, saying that I want to play in the NFL. So I obviously had to overcome a lot of adversity yeah, yeah. to make it to this point. But the, but the, but the pivotal, as as I do have a, a couple of different staple um, points and turning points, as I call them in my life, but one particularly was when I was 13, I was hospitalized from an asthma attack. And um, I was blowing through a peak flow, and it went only a half a centimeter. And for those who don't know what it's like to have an asthma attack, just kind of imagine that you have a 45-pound weight tied to your ankle and you're underwater. And you're 13 at this point. Get up. 13 years old at this point. Um, and as I was hospitalized for a week, my dad drank and smoked all the time. That's all. That's 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 the father I grew up with. He now, granted, my brothers were 10 and 13 years older than myself, so I was the whoops. Here we go again, baby. Right, right. Um, so I grew up with I grew up with a different different father in the house. He retired from the military and he just drank and smoked. That's it. And so the doctor said to my father that he had to stop smoking in the house because it triggers my asthma. We got out of the hospital. We got rid of my dog. My mom would start calling different restaurants before I would go there to eat to check the ventilation. So you got rid of the family dog. Were you close to this family dog? Oh, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm a big dog fan. And so you're, you got rid of the family dog. Your mom's calling restaurants before you get there to make sure there's a non-smoking section or to make sure that it's it's okay for you. And so you're making all these preparations, but you, what's going on with your dad? How's he reacting to all this? As I get out of the hospital, um, my dad began to smoke outside. A week later, he starts trizzling his way back inside, smoking in. And it was one particular day I was in my room, and I smelled the smoke seeming through the vent. I started to choke up. I put a pillow over my face. I walked upstairs. I knocked on my dad's door. I opened it. He's sitting in the corner drinking and smoking like he always does. I looked at him. I said, Dad, it's his big red rim glasses, overweight, chubby kid that doesn't have a relationship with his father. I said, Dad, can you stop smoking and be there for me? He took a puff of his smoke. He took a sip of his drink. He looked at me and said, Rashad, what do you want to do when you get older? And granted, my father never asked me this before so part of me is excited to tell him for the first time right but another part of me can see that the arrogance in his face that he doesn't care and so i looked at him i said i want to play running back in the nfl he took another puff of a smoke sip of his drink he said rashad do you think you'd be able to make it to the league without smoking or drinking yourself and with tears in my eyes i looked dead at him and i said just to prove you wrong i'm never going to do it and I'm 33 years old today. I've never drank a day in my life. I never smoked a day in my life. And it literally was just to prove him wrong. Wow. And in doing that, him watching his little knucklehead care prove him wrong, it caused him to quit smoking and drinking himself. And we both feel like we saved each other's life because of that one little challenge. But if I didn't look at it that way, if I would have walked through life with a chip over my shoulder, 
I, I don't think I would be who I am now. I think that what's interesting is that um, you, in many ways, were your dad's mentor. Now, I think your dad probably in many ways was your mentor growing up, or maybe, but it's, it's mentorship is something I'm obsessed with. You know, when I um, built my first company, DJ Connection, multi-million dollar company, and just like you at a young age, didn't really have to, to, to work again, you know, didn't have to go get a day job, so to speak. But it's like, at a certain point, you say, you know, am I going to be bitter about I, I grew up, I stuttered as a kid. Uh, we grew up without a lot of money. We struggled. And so I, it's like, do you want to get bitter or do you want to help people get better? And that's what's intrigued me. And that's why I wanted to have you on our, our show is because you are a guy who it seems to be obsessed with mentoring and teaching other people how to get where you are to become successful and to really um, get off of, of, of life's sidelines, like your book title here, it says The If in Life, How to Get Off Life's Sidelines and Become Your Best Self. What inspired you to write this book? Why not just go you know, on the beach, sip some mojitos, say, hey, I've been disciplined, I've never had a drink, I've done well, now it's time to have a beverage. I mean, what keeps you working out every single day, staying in great shape and making you want to write a book like this to help people when you could live the easy life yeah well i i'm a person well one I, I titled the book the if in life because it's a play on words when you spell out the word life if is in the middle and i went through 15 chapters extracting this one little itty bitty word in life that pops out everywhere um for me i wanted to write a book because a, a lot of different reasons at uh, that point, six GPA wanted to prove <laughs> that you can uh, graduate, that you can go to college. Yeah, yeah. Point six is pretty low. I mean, that's that's pretty low. It's, it's, it is pretty low. I can't deny that. But um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know that it'd be a motivation to a lot of different kids, and I know it'd be a good tool for a lot of different parents um, for their kids, because my my story is true, it's real. And when I look back, and sometimes when I'm telling it, I depending on the atmosphere, you know, I get choked up because this story is real and I forget that I lived it sometimes. And so, you know, keeping me in that humility and uh, remembering that little kid that, 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 that I was, that was in the corner somewhere, you know, lost and crying, thinking nobody cared or he had no, uh, no, 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 no opportunities to, to succeed in life. Um, I get to go get back to that kid. I want to ask you this because you know, I grew up and I stuttered as a kid, and you grew up chubby, so I couldn't um, speak without you know in sixth grade, seventh grade when you can't talk, you can't articulate yourself, you can't stop stuttering. People bully you, they make fun of you, you know, and it's like to me that motivated me to do what I do, you know, and then I became an entertainer, and then now we have a podcast in the top ten of iTunes, and you are a guy who was chubby. And you had asthma. Uh, it just seems insane that, that both of us are doing what we do today. And you just said that. You said, I, I feel like it's like, I forget that I lived that. But in your in your book, you, you, you share those stories. And I just want to ask you, I mean, if you had to, the, the listeners out there who maybe are going, you know, I'm thinking about getting this book. What's what's in these 15 chapters? What, what, what kind of stories do you share? Could you kind of give us a little teaser about what's in that book? It's a lot in the book. It truly is. And, you know, just kind of the story I gave a snippet of, of the relationship with me and my dad and a major turning point in my life um, that created the trajectory of 
where I am now, that's in it. I talk about how I was a fifth-string overweight kid on the sidelines, literally fifth-string at my junior year. Fifth-string. Yes. There's no more strings. There's no more strings, people. If you don't know football, that's the final string. The fifth is the final string. Yeah, so much to the point even on my team, we only have four running backs. They just gave me a fifth just to shut me up. And you're a junior? You're a junior in high school? Yes. Fifth-string. Yes. Unbelievable. Fifth-string running back. And uh, it was it – we're basically the last game of the season. We're playing against our high school rival. With the, with the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers, we're playing against the Brookville B. We don't have a chance to go to the playoffs. We're done. We're done. Regardless. Whatever happens out on the field, we're done. And the Brookville Bees, if they beat us, they go to the playoffs. So it was kind of like our Super Bowl to knock them out. Right. Come out, get the ball, first play of the game, our starting running back gets hurt. Now I'm on the sideline. When I tell you I didn't play, I really, I sincerely mean that. Never played. I used to put Skittle, I mean, M&Ms and, and Sprites where my thigh pads are supposed to be at because, because I was set on the sideline. Right. I never played. And second strand, I used to sit beside me and my buddy. His name was Speedy, and he never, he did not earn his name. He was just called Speedy. Got it. But, but me and him would be on the sideline, and the, the second string went out. He was like, Rashad, you think you're going to play? And I'm just sitting there eating my peanuts. Like, nah, they ain't going to play me. Second string gets hurt. Third string goes in. He gets hurt. Fourth string goes in. He gets hurt. This is all true. This is all in the first quarter. Are you rooting for – Are you? were you rooting for people to get hurt at this point? Were you Were you going – I mean, I don't want my friend to get a, a serious injury. Maybe my friend could pull a hamstring. I mean, were you, were, you, were you kind of hoping for hamstring injuries, or were you just, like, blown away? I mean, did you actually – were you kind of like, oh, this is – I might get the ball. Oh, my gosh. It was too – it was part, part of that is yes, and then the other part was like, wait a second, I might actually get in. I, I don't want to because I'm nervous because I've never done it. I've never right. done it. And, and so I got all this anxiety going on. The fourth string gets hurt. They, uh, they tape up the ankle of the first string to put him back in, right? All right, Thrive Nation, when we return, more from our exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings, the former NFL running back turned Dancing with the Stars winner and a best-selling author, of his new book. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Three, two, one, boom. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show on the microphone. What is this? Top of the iTunes charts in the category of business. Drilling down on business topics like we are a dentist. Providing you with mentorship like you are an apprentice. And we go so fast that you might get motion sickness. Grab a pen and pad to the lab. Let's get in this. It's time to bear some fruit like some Florida oranges. Three, two, one. Here come the business ninjas. Sonic boom. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And today, we have an incredible opportunity to interview Rashad Jennings, the NFL running back turned Dancing with the Stars winner and now best-selling author. Chup, this interview with Rashad Jennings, do you, I mean, I feel like this guy. What a cool guy. What a great dude. He's down to earth. He's real. He's smart. He's obviously an athlete. Like, he's got it all, man. I feel like he delivered at a level far above what I expected. And I expected a lot. I went yeah. in. I went into the Rashad Jennings interview expecting a thoughtful man, a proactive man, a right. mentor to many. 
And I think I left going, did we just interview like an in-shape youthful Yoda? I think so. I was wild. We'll just put it that way. Were I was, you really I was, wild? I was wild. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed listening to you guys do it. And when I talked to him before we got going, yeah. he was humble and just ready to go, man. He was open. He was game. He was a really cool guy. Well, I'll tell you what. Without any further ado, let's get back to our exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings, the former NFL player for the New York football giants, turned to Dancing with the Stars winner, and now best-selling author. And I think this guy has such a trajectory with his career and his life that soon you'll probably forget he even played in the NFL. This guy is so disciplined, so focused. He is absolutely a blessing to interview. And uh, back to our interview with Rashad Jennings. First play of the game, I started running back gets hurt. Now I'm on the sideline. When I tell you I didn't play, I really, I sincerely mean that. Never played. I used to put Skittle, I mean M&Ms and, and Sprites where my thigh pads are supposed to be at because I was set on the sideline and never played. And second strand, I used to sit beside me and my buddy. His name was Speedy, and he never, he did not earn his name. He was just called Speedy. But me and him would be on the sideline, and the, the second string went out. He was like, Rashad, you think you're going to play? And I'm just sitting there eating my peanuts. Like, nah, they ain't going to play me. Second string gets hurt. Third string goes in. He gets hurt. Fourth string goes in. He gets hurt. This is all true. This is all in the first four. Are you rooting for – Are you? were you rooting for people to get hurt at this point? Were you Were you going – I mean, I don't want my friend to get a, a serious injury. Maybe my friend could pull a hamstring. I mean, were you, were, you, were you kind of hoping for hamstring injuries, or were you just, like, blown away? I mean, did you actually – were you kind of like, oh, this is – I might get the ball. Oh, my gosh. It was too – it was part, part of that is yes, and then the other part was like, wait a second. I might actually get in. I, I don't want to because I'm nervous because I've never done it. I've never right. done it. And and so I got all this anxiety going on. The fourth string gets hurt. They uh, they tape up the ankle of the first string to put him back in. Right? Right. He, he comes back limping off the field. The coach is scanning the whole entire sideline. He catches eye contact directly with me. He looks away. He puts in a wide receiver to play running back. Oh, come on. Before he put it in. This is so true. I can't make this up. He gets hurt. I've never in my life seen this many. You would think we was playing against <laughs> the 95 Bears. Everybody's getting hurt. So they have no choice but to put me in. First play I ever got in, I scored a 30-yard touchdown. Came back to the sideline. I chest bumped my buddy Speedy. Falls on the ground. I pick him back up like we're super excited. Long story short, they put me back in. I scored another touchdown. On defense, a similar situation happened in the second half. Players was getting hurt. They put me in on defense. First play, I sat, scooped, scored, fought. And then to finish the game, I had a pick six to seal the game. And there was a Tennessee scout after the game. He came up to me. He said, Rashad, I came to watch the starting running back, but I couldn't help but to notice you. How were your grades? And I looked at him. I said, well, I got a point six. He said, you know, son, you got to try to have a point six. Right. And, uh, and uh, we had a good little laugh. Now, both of my brothers, who are 10 and 13 years older than me, they both played football, too. They were at that game. They knew I wasn't going to play, but they were there to support me. They actually went to a private school to coach for free to pay half my tuition. My parents took a mortgage against the home to pay the second half of the tuition. I transferred to a private school. I took non-home school classes, non-summer school classes. On top of the regular academics, I stopped making excuses. I stopped blaming people. 
and I took ownership and responsibility, and I never looked back. Now, you, here's here's the thing: is you're a guy of uh, you who has faith, and, I, and it's a podcast, so it's not mainstream media. We're in the top ten of iTunes, so you can go there if you want to or not. But I, I really do believe that it seems like you do your best, but you believe that God will do the rest. Can you talk to me about? your faith because your entire journey to becoming a seven-year NFL veteran for the New York Giants and to being a Dancing with the Stars winner doesn't make any sense. So do, do you do you believe in God? Do you not believe in God? Feel free to, to or, or, or you can just plead the fifth. Yeah, no, I, I never plead the fifth to anything. Um, proud of myself on that one. Any question you ask, I'll answer. Amen. <laughs> but no, yes, I do. I do have a strong faith. I really do. Um, you know, and it, and it, it, it drives deep. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, want, I, I got a couple different things I live by. And, you know, I'm, I'll say this to start. The quote that I, I don't have a quote I necessarily live by, but there is a quote that exists that I feel like I want to live my life in such a way that it inspired someone to write these words. And it's the master and art of living shows little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his love and his religion. He simply pursues everything he does with excellence, leaving other people to decide, is he working or is he playing? But to him, he's always doing both. And the way that I truly live my life, um, I keep death on mind. And not in a dramatic way, truly not in a dramatic way, just an absolute factual that we all will die you me and everybody can hear my voice will die at one point in time and for me i think it is very important to be a leader from the grave which a lot of people don't take time to think about um because we want to live such a selfish life that we forget that it's short and relevant uh, and relativity of eternity. Since you went really deep with your quote, I, I, I have like a pile-on question. And you've decided to, every single year in the offseason, learn a new skill. And so I believe, and I'm just saying this to you, and you can rebuke it if you want to, but I believe prophetically, Rashad, you're not going to be even, people are going to struggle to remember you even played in the NFL when you get done writing your books and living that life. I think people are not even going to – it's going to be like a footnote. You know what I mean? It's like you're so much more than just a football player, and I think you know that. Um, t- talk to me about wh- where you see your li- – where, you, where do you see this career going? And talk to me about the importance of learning new skills every year like you did while you were still a player in the NFL. I, I humbly appreciate that. And um, something I always tell people is if I'm only remembered as an NFL running back to, in my books, I'm a failure. Um, that's what I want to do. And – you know, going back to why I'm, I'm intrigued to learn, and I'm an autodidact, despite my point six in high school. Uh, but that that that's because I truly feel like if you judge a fish by how well it can climb a tree, it's gonna think it's stupid. You know, I, I, I was I was a different breed, but I, I love learning, and I pick up a new craft every off season. Wow, wow, and wow. Thrive Nation, our interview with Rashad Jennings blew my mind. This is a guy who's deep like the deep end of the pool. This is a guy who absolutely cares about improving the lives of others, but also who cares about implementing the daily discipline needed to become successful. Stay tuned to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. (laughs) 
Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. All right, Thrive Nation, you are in for a treat. Today we're interviewing the NFL uh, former starting running back for the New York Giants, Rashad Jennings, who also went on to appear in Dancing with the Stars, and he won Dancing with the Stars. And he's explaining to us how each and every offseason he decided to learn and master a new skill because he knew there was life after football. Without any further ado, my exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings from the New York Football Giants, Dancing with the Stars, and now the best-selling author of his newest book. you got to check him out online. His newest book, The If in Life, How to Get Off Life's Sidelines and Become Your Best Self. Check it out. Well, the first offseason, I picked up the guitar. I never put it down, and I got to the point where I could, I made it, make some songs. Um, then the next offseason, I picked up archery, poetry, uh, learning how to play chess, um, and then I, every year I learned something. It's funny with Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I went into a ballroom class. I never properly danced a day in my life. I'm in Florida. I'm training. said I want to learn how to dance. I went to the ballroom. They said, I asked, when can I sign up for classes? They said, sorry, sir, we don't have any availability until two weeks from today. No problem. I'll be back in two weeks. Well, a week from that day, Dancing with the Stars called. So it was serendipitous I, I just got a chance to learn in front of the world instead of behind the scenes and um for me there's something like i i see i i have i'm i want to be the older granddad one day that everybody loves being around because he's full of so much and you know life is fun it's meant to be fun and you know people sometimes take take themselves too seriously and uh don't treat themselves too kind uh, to the point where they lose sight of the, the gift of breath. And, um, like, again, I, I love learning, so that's always going to be in my arsenal. I mean, I'm getting to, since I retired, I've, I've written a book. I got some, I'm, I'm already working on my second one. I can't wait to announce it. I can't do it yet. But, um, you know, TV acting, commentating, um, you know, hosting, my foundation. You know, I told I asked, I asked my mom, my mom, when I was younger, I always told my mom I want to be able to work a job one day while I'm getting paid just to help people. And I'm, I haven't lost that idea yet. Um, one thing I, I want to put in your mind, have you ever thought about other, like what, what business ventures have you thought about outside of, of speaking and, and writing? What, what, what business ventures have you marinated about doing? Yeah, as far as uh, whole totality, not much other than I did start school with a double major in social um, sociology and psychology uh, because I want to be a marriage counselor in the latter years of my life. Um, now, between between the, between uh, the now and the latter years, there's a thousands of things that I want to do. But truly, a marriage counselor and the reason why is because I'm I'm philanthropically driven. I'm, uh, I love community, and I feel like I feel like if you truly want to heal a community, you heal marriages. You find. Broken marriages equal broken community. I agree with that. That's what it is. We, I want to, I want to ask you this, Rashad. Um, you know, my wife and I, we've been married uh, seventeen years. We have five kids. I'm 37, so I got kind of started early. But after we got married, you know what I mean? You're, you're an intentional guy. You're a delayed gratification guy. I didn't have any kids before we were, were married. And it, my, um, 
I, I think that what's allowed me to have a lot of success is this whole delayed gratification concept. And you're a guy who seems to have uh, willpower, like an endless well of willpower. Where do you get this willpower from? I mean, it seems like you're you're still you're not playing professional sports yet. You're working out as though you do play professional sports. You're not, you know, no one's holding uh, uh, you accountable for reading a certain number of books. So I want to get it. Where does that willpower come from? You know what? I don't know. I'm thankful for it because I hear it a lot, and I, I don't know any difference because I'm just being myself. But um, I don't I don't ever want to let anybody else define me. Uh, if you do, they will. Um, I'm not an excuse maker. Um, that's one of my pet peeves is watching people make excuses. I never made any a day in my life. Um, I, I give all the anything that's successful is because of the people around me and any failure is because it's my fault. And so I guess because, you know, I'm like that with my, with everybody around me, I have to be that, that way to myself. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. I do. I have a competitive spirit and any and everything I do. Uh, I love people. I want to see everybody succeed more than myself. And ultimately I do feel like people are copycats in this world. And if I don't decide to live a life worth mimicking, then what am I doing? You, 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 you're a guy who apparently has, has um, listened to our, our podcast obsessively because you're following my wife's diet, which is a gluten-free, dairy-free, basically eating any, not eating anything at all that could harm your body. Talk to me about your diet and the importance of this because I don't think a lot of people realize that eating a high-sugar diet, let's say, that spikes your insulin levels, which causes fat production. And I don't think a lot of people realize the importance of minimizing gluten intake, dairy-free. Can you you talk about your diet i mean this is this is something where even if people don't even work out a lot just having a healthy diet will absolutely impact things can you can you talk about your diet oh yeah absolutely um i'm, I'm gluten and dairy free it's by choice i have no celiac i'm not allergic i just noticed that my energy levels are skyrocketed uh, over the years i've lost excess weight over the years and my cognitive state has been very great also sleep in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber throughout the nfl seasons like i I, mat acupuncture i really dove into taking care of my body because um, and i invested in my body and myself i didn't know how the stock market worked when i first got in the nfl but daggone it i knew how i worked so i invested in myself and i feel like you know your body you only get one of these things you know, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's not rocket science. You get one. And so I personally feel like one of the coolest things about our bodies, our bodies have no choice but to respond to what you do to it. It has no choice. And so when you realize, like, when you get outside of your own two ears and, and, and really recognize the ability to maneuver your body and your thoughts um, and control it, you know, you, you can do anything. It's not anything that you really cannot do. And if you go to, if you go listen to any public speaker, you go listen to any, um, any doctor or somebody that's gone to college for multi years to, they all going to tell you the same thing. The, or the road towards success, the way to get healthy. It's like, it's not rocket science people. It's just a matter if you're going to, Cut all the BS and stop making excuses. 
Okay, let's let's get into the non BS. I want to get into the non BS because you are an expert of the non BS, and our uh, little tagline for our podcast is "Business School Without the BS." So, what time do you wake up every day? What's your what time do you wake up every day? Uh, I'm gonna wake up regardless, even if I don't have an alarm clock. I'm gonna wake up by seven forty-five. <laughs> so you wake up at seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. What do you do those first couple hours? First couple hours, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna drink some water. That's probably one of the first things I do. Brush my teeth, get ready for the day. I have my shake. I have the same shake probably three hundred and fifty days out of the year. The same one. Right, Thrive Nation. Now, on our podcast exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings, you can find it at thrivetimeshow.com. Rashad explains his daily diet. What does Rashad Jennings eat each and every morning that keeps his metabolism going, that helps him operate at a super high level? You can find that at thrivetimeshow.com, our exclusive interview with Rashad Jennings. Stay tuned as the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And we were just honored, for those of you just now tuning in, we were honored to interview Rashad Jennings, uh, a guy who played seven years in the National Football League and then went on to win Dancing with the Stars. What a lot of people don't realize about Rashad Jennings was he was a guy who grew up as a kid, uh, overweight, and he actually had an asthma issue. And so his junior year of high school, this guy still hadn't played football. He's a fifth-string running back, and only due to a series of injuries, that means the first string, second string, third string, and fourth, all got injured. He got a chance to play, and his entire career is all about continual self-improvement, always trying to get better. And that's what we're trying to do on the Thrive Time Show is help you to get better. And, and a little little kind of a sneak preview of an upcoming show, we're going to be interviewing uh, Dan Heath, the best-selling author of a book uh, uh, called Made to Stick. Uh, Chup, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but have you ever seen the cover of Made to Stick? Are you are you familiar yes. with this book here? Yes, I haven't read it, but I have seen the cover and I am familiar with it. I'm going to put it up on the sh- on the big screen so everybody can see it there, and I want to put a link to it on the show notes there. Uh, Made to Stick is a book that was written by the Heath brothers. Now these guys are um, they're New York Times bestselling authors. They're, they're they're brothers, and between the two of them together, they've teamed up to do four. New York Times best-selling books, and their book is endorsed by Guy Kawasaki, the guy who introduced uh, Apple into the marketplace. And uh, they're just—it's it, this book made to stick is powerful for anybody out there who's—if you have an idea and you want it to be understood when people hear it. Uh, Clay Stairs, perhaps you can relate to this. You, you, you've spoken all over the world. You've speak to from some of the top companies in the world. You're a business coach. Um, it's for people that are they're saying, I want my ideas to be remembered. After I finish the speaking event, after I spend it, after I finish the, the meeting with my staff, I want them to remember what I actually said. It's for people that want to make sure that their ideas actually have the ability to change how people think. Think about this. How do you get others to pay attention to? to your ideas. So let me give you some ideas, Clay Stairs, that are not actually 
accurate ideas, Hit but me. that are stuck in the heads of everybody out there. Here we go, Clay Steers. Idea go. number one they talk about in the book, Made to Stick. And by the way, we're going to have Dan Heath as a guest on the book. We're going to have Dan Heath on the book, or on the podcast here coming up soon. Dan Heath, the author of Made to Stick, will be on the podcast here very, very soon. But uh, the, the myth, you only use 10% of your mind. That was a myth that somebody created. That isn't actually true. Yeah, where'd that start from? Uh, Dan Heath points it out. It's an idea that just got stuck in the head of America, huh. and we keep talking about it. Another one. So they don't do that in China? Speaking of China, oh. the Great Wall of China, legend has it, is the only man-made creation that's visible from space. And as Dan and Chip Heath point out in their book, Made to Stick, if that were true, then the only other things we could see from space would be interstates, because the Great Wall of China isn't actually wider than the typical interstate and so these are all myths that get stuck in somebody's head have you guys heard the myth uh steve about the person who gets offered a drink by a stranger and they wake up in a bathtub missing a kidney that happened to my cousin oh yeah have you heard that story <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my god it really really i was looking at chub going awful. oh my gosh dude that's terrible no but i remember when someone told me that and it really stuck with me like duct tape so this is so this is the question nice. is why do certain things why do certain ideas stick in your head and why do certain ideas not stick in your head and we're going to be interviewing them on an upcoming podcasts where they can break down the specific details of this but they came up with a method that's outlined in their book made to stick called the success method Chubb, that's s u c c e S. And Clay, I'm going to start with you on this first one. All right. They point out that all ideas that get stuck in your head, if you're a leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a manager, if you if you lead any group of people at all, you need to know these moves. He said the reason why, move, move number one that, that creates these ideas that stick is they have to be simple. You have to, you have, to have a simple idea that gets stuck in the minds of people. Because when you give people a talk with 47 points, yeah. no one remembers those points. And so when you, with your talks, mm -hmm. you do a talk where you talk about hiring people yeah. and the importance of implementing a system that you've helped to hone and craft over the years for hiring and finding good people. And that system, if, I, if I'm correct, involves the acronym for, or involves the letters C-L-A-Y. Bingo. Talk to me about your C-L-A-Y talk for hiring people and why it always gets stuck in people's head. Yeah, well, it, again, it's it's the mnemonic that, that helps me remember what the heck I'm going to be talking about. But when it comes to hiring people, the C-L-A-Y, first of all, you have to constantly be doing it. You know, number two, you got to look at a lot. You have to have alignment. And then this, you know, I had to come up with the Y here. So I came up with an Irish yes! brogue word, Yayo, all right, which means river. And uh, it's creating that uh, that river of life. But but Clay, what this does not only does it help them remember the four points of everything that I've talked about, it all also helps them remember my name. Yes, and who I am. This this right here, this is deep because I've worked with you as as, uh, as from a, a coach client relationship for a long long time, and I'd say now more as like a partner is how I review our relationship. Yep. Um, but when we were when you first went out there and wanted to do public speaking. I remember talking to you about mnemonics and making sure that you, you had memorization devices baked yeah. into the talk. Can you talk to me about how implementing a mnemonics such as – for anybody out there who says, I don't know what a mnemonic is. It's a device such as a pattern of letters, ideas, or associations that, that assists in remembering something. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about how 
that idea of mnemonics has impacted your speaking and getting those ideas to stick in the minds of not only your listeners, but you. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, again, I, I hear uh, often from people that uh, have seen me in a speaking event months ago. Months! Months ago, and they still remember the short phrase. You know, around the office, we're always saying, boom. You right. Know, I have become known with all of my clients and everything. They, they say boom, and they go, oh my gosh, I sound like Clay. Clay, the other day I did a boom move. I'm very intentional about saying boom, yeah, and the boom. reason why I say boom is that Jonathan Barnett and I, with OxyFresh years ago, there'd be like an action item that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And when he would do it, occasionally he would say, awesome. Thanks, man. Great. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, okay, Lame. okay. But no, I'm thinking about, you, you got it done, but the effort that John Barnett with OxyFresh puts into getting an action item done is always big. Uh-huh. It's always overwhelming. It's always optimistic. And there's always a momentum to it. When you get something done, it creates that big, overwhelming, optimistic momentum. Yeah. So one time, afraid that I'd be rejected, it's like two white guys trying to figure out how to shake hands. <laughs> White guys never quite know how to shake the hand. They're like, should we Should we do a bump? Should we do a high five? Should we do a hug? We can't quite figure it out there. I went and I said, boom. And he goes, boom, boom. You know, it's boom. like, Steve, have you ever told another man I love you to wrap up a meeting and to see what happens? <laughs> have you ever done that? Actually, I do that all the time. It's my way of being a little awkward. But have you done that before, yeah. seriously? Oh, yeah, for sure. So if you end a meeting and you say, hey, dude, I love you, man. Usually the other party will always respond like, I love you too. Like <laughs> right. Almost like they, yeah. that you, you, you force you them to say that, uh-huh. and they run around feeling guilty, and they burn their clothes as a result of that conversation. <laughs> Are you trying to tell us that you love us, Clay? Uh, I, I do, I do. I he tells me that all the time. Does he not tell you? No. Uh, but, oh, but when you said, Sorry. when you end a meeting, I, I would t- when I ended a meeting, I said, boom, and they go, boom. Right. All of a sudden, they're, they're like, I forced them to say boom almost. Yeah. And it's a contagious thing, but it gets stuck in the minds of people. Big, overwhelming, optimistic momentum. Now, yeah. this, it, and I've even got the video that uh, from one of my speaking events where I think I said boom like 25 <laughs> times. And, I remember that. Remember that? And we actually cut it up so it was just me. It's on my, uh, it's on my website. It's just me saying boom in a single uh, speaking event boom, like boom, 15, boom, boom, 20 boom, boom, boom. times. It's just boom. Boom. Now, Bam. the Boom. next way to get an idea stuck in the head of your ideal and likely buyers is the unexpected. So S stands for simple. U stands for unexpected. And, and Steve Currington with Total Ending Concepts, if, if nothing else, this man is unexpected. We come back from the break. I want him to explain how he uses unexpected ideas, thoughts, things on social media to stick into your head. Love him or hate him, he's going to be stuck in your head. That's Steve Currington with Total Can't Lending Concepts. Now, now, Chap, the only way that I can encourage our listeners out there to remember our next sponsor is this. Classic janitorial. You think about janitorial services, and you think to yourself, I've never thought about this. You think about If you think about classic janitorial, if you think about janitorial services, you probably think to yourself, I've never thought about janitorial services, and I probably never want to think about it again. But then when you think about the visual, that each Monday morning, I have to convince Eric Chupp to not use the urinals as a drinking fountain. They're, 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 they're so not clean. It's a fountain, Chupp. And we it's, have a big line of people in their office wanting to drink from the, you know, the, we have a water purifier. That's what I'm saying. We get done right. with our coaches' meetings. I'm thirsty, Steve. What do you expect? I'm like, get away like from an it. Animal? Get away from it. Get yeah, away from it, Chupp. So I have to pull you away from Minty the porcelain fresh. palace. I have to pull you away from our urinals because you have been no. confused. You've been deceived. No. You think they are drinking Chupp, fountains. That's but in a fact, flusher. they are. That's not the, urinals. And I'll tell you why. Because we have used 
the classic janitorial services. These are the guys who do the cleaning services for DuPont, for Google, for Newstar, for Dr. Z. It's theclassicclean.com. That's theclassicclean.com. Check them out today. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show. It's a Thrive Time Show on the radio. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. All about you. 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 Say we bring the moon. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I am the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, and I'm so excited to be here today. We have had a fabulous show so far. It's not often that you get a chance to interview a guy who's the winner of Dancing with the Stars, a guy who played seven seasons in the NFL, a guy who, when you end the interview, you ask the guy, what what are some books you'd recommend? I said, what are two books you'd recommend for all the listeners. And he says, Proverbs. And I thought to myself, okay, that's that's impressive because he realizes that the Bible's broken into books. So he's not just a person who says, uh, there's a lot of rappers who end their album with like, I want to do one track to honor God, you know, I want to honor God. Right. And then it's like, you've never actually read the Bible. <laughs> Your whole album was about uh, lust and drugs. And then you end it with the, the God song. This is a guy who seriously believes in God and puts God first. Then I said, what's another book? And he says, James. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Yet another book in the Bible. It's awesome to have a high character guy on the show. And coming up in a few other uh, podcasts, probably a week from now or two weeks from now, we're going to be interviewing Dan Heath. And so I want to warm up all the listeners to uh, Dan Heath and who Dan Heath is. A friend of mine who is a pastor of a, of a mega church. Um, he actually uh, uh, is done very, very, very well in business and outside of business. And I, I asked him, I said, hey, what is a book that you would recommend for me uh, as a speaker and for any of my clients? And uh, I love asking people what book do you recommend because books really do uh, impact people. And this was in 2008 I asked this question. And he said, uh, the book Made to Stick is what I require my staff to read. And I said, "You require the staff to read?" He said, "Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a you know, New York Times best-selling book. It's written by these Stanford professors who are brothers, and they they've written these books together. And I'm just telling you, you're going to love this book. And I and I thought, well, what's it about? He says, you know, how, like certain ideas stick in people's heads, and certain ideas are forgettable." They teach you the mechanisms for getting ideas stuck in the minds of other people. So step number one they break down is you have to be simple with your ideas if you want them to get stuck into the minds of other people. The second is unexpected. Unexpected. So, Steve, I want you to talk about this. Steve Currington with Total Ending Concepts. There's very few people that I have met who... Uh, have gotten to a level, have risen to a level where you now uh, have, have got to a place where everybody now expects the unexpected when they're around you. So let me just give my Steve Currington experience. And Steve, can I, do I have the permission to offend you in front of just oh, yeah. in front of all the listeners? It's my favorite thing. Yeah, no, just, I mean, it's, it's just, just us. us. It's just us, 100,000 people downloading, and the uh, people in the Tulsa area, uh, the Portland, Oregon area, and that's it. South <laughs> Korea, we have a lot of downloads in South Korea, and that's it. We'll keep it a secret. <laughs> Whoa. The first time I met you, I had been told that Steve is a guy who scammed people to thinking that his truck was stolen 
on Facebook. (laughs) And he's been in the news for having claimed that his truck was stolen. So I always will take the high road with those kind of things because I believe that uh, 90% of what you see in the news is absolute BS. BS as in uh, Bachelor of Science. And so I went and looked into it, and it looked like you were just having some some fun with some people on Facebook and they sort of, all of a sudden, the media got into your social media and made it a news story. Right. Let's start with that. Talk okay. to me. What were you trying to do with your friends on Facebook? Well, I have a, you know, I'm in the words business, and I'm constantly trying to promote my business. And um, I've, uh, at the, in this particular and Could incident, you eat that microphone with yeah. a spiritual in, type of affection? In this particular incident, there was a, there was a place uh, out in Jinx, which isn't, isn't there anymore. It was called Tent World. And the guy that I knew there that tent owned world, it, tent world, tent world, yeah, tent, tent world, world. your tents now w- was really cool. And, and you know, I have a uh, a following that I have through Facebook. The people that watch my yeah, stuff. Yeah, I follow you all the time. I don't care where you go, and I follow you. And because I like to be unexpected, I was like looking for something crazy to do. So I, I did this stunt where I like faked my truck getting stolen in front of Tent World, and it was really it was really funny until it went viral, and then the news started calling me. And saying, um, did your truck get stolen? So I said, no, in full disclosure, my truck did not get stolen. To which they're like, oh, okay, thanks. So I essentially... Who ran the story? Was it Channel 6, Channel Channel 2? So I got Channel 6 to run this story because I said, well, why don't you do like a feel-good story about how businesses Channel 6 Tulsa, if you're Googling this. Yeah. You're using Facebook to promote their business because that's what we were doing. We were trying to get some attention to Tent World because they, they're trying to tent build world, their business. Tent World, Tent World, Tent World. Get yeah. your tents for a fraction and, of retail cost. And tent is world. no longer there. And so, yeah, they did like a 15-minute interview with me in the Tent we're World We're doing guy. a tent sale at Tent World. And then here's what they do. 15 minutes before it airs, I get a text. Hey, just wanted you to know that my boss wanted to be to interview the police, so that'll be on there too. Oh. And Real like, quick, I want to. Who, who said that to you? This is the reporter. Okay, so this is how they, they usually communicate that. Yeah, I've dealt with the media a lot. They'll say, hey, just want to let you know. Yeah. No big deal here. But my, my boss also wanted to, to, to you know interview you and, and you know for the media as well, you know? Yeah, so they're like, hey, no, nothing big, but I'm like at dinner, and at the time I served on the board for Make-A-Wish, Oklahoma. But by the way, this is what they're thinking. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a crazy <laughs> yeah. story. This thing's going to be <laughs> viral. Because the yeah. media is looking for news stories. Right. So this is what they did. They headlined it. At your Tulsa businessman uses crime to promote business. <laughs> oh my! Right, Lord. and it like dropped it like the Shep, s- you got to put that on the show. Five now. o'clock. I'll news. look it up. They dropped it on the six o'clock news. They hit it on everything. So like, you know, I'm kind of like whatever. <laughs> then we go out to uh, a dinner, and you said some things during our dinner that I was like, he's being real with me right now, but yet at the same time, Vanessa and I look at each other like. Did he just say that? But it's a, you're uncomfortably honest. Yeah. So then, in our office, you said, hey, I'd like to kind of move into the Thrive offices. I like the mojo, the atmosphere. I'd like to be kind of a part of the culture, uh, Clay, that you've built over the years, you and Z have built. I'd like to be a part of that. So you ride a Segway... To <laughs> and from the different uh, off uh, different uh, um, offices within our building, you're, yeah. you're riding a Segway. Well, it's a big giant. What is it? Twenty thousand. You're like the mortgage mall cop of the office. You are. Yeah. And so you're riding that. It's a Segway. Seg- it's more like a, a scooter, a floater, whatever they call it. Then my kids are talking to you about certain things, and you offer to buy my kids what kind of shoes? Well, we had to get gold shoes that light up. And I call it the, uh, the Gold Shoes for Kids program that we started with the Clark kids because I had gold shoes that light up, and they wanted gold shoes that light up. So, so you bought my kids. Them on Amazon. You so. bought my five kids all pairs of gold shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then you have purchased a neon green Lamborghini. Yes. 
which you have been known to peak out at, at high velocity. The the most recent of which, what was the fastest time that you the highest miles per hour you rate went, of speed the rate of speed you went while traveling with your what, what, first off who were you traveling with what was this what was this group of people vagabonding across the country. Uh, it was a car rally that uh, about 75 or 80 exotics that traveled from uh, Colorado to Utah to Vegas to California. And der- I can't confirm or deny any speed that I hit, but I did get a video of someone driving a Lamborghini that hit like 203 miles per hour. And, um, so that was You were cool. in a Lamborghini going 200. Well, I don't know who was in the Lamborghini. I'm not going to. I mean, is this the what am I getting interrogated here? Cannot the police? confirm nor deny. Yeah, I'm like, hey, somebody sent me a video of someone going 203. It looked like my hands, but you can, my face isn't there. I don't know. Yeah. It, but 203 was the speed I allegedly went. Then officer. for my 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 <laughs> son, I believe, is my son for his birthday. You've gone over the top. You've actually auto-shipped me pinion wood for my birthday. And yeah. I would say Steve Currington is probably the best I've ever seen at doing this. So every time I get a shipment of pinion wood, I'm not kidding. Every time I get a shipment of pinion wood, I feel bad and I feel like I need to immediately refer you a mortgage. So, so far in our office, I think I've referred you to Michaela. Yep. I think I referred you to John twice. He's a he's a, a double offender. I feel like there's other Love people that, I've referred you to. I don't know who yeah. else has turned into a, a deal for you, Andrew. Yeah, and so it's like every time you send a bag of pinion wood to me, it creates a referral for you. Yeah, and it's cool because it's just auto ship. I've got a good Steve Carrington story that I actually use with all of my clients. Uh, Steve, you have no idea what I'm about to say. Oh, oh wow! No, oh, these unexpected go. things. Awesome. You are a master of the handwritten note. You oh, yeah. carry around notes and you write them out immediately. And Steve, you wrote my wife a love note. He Whoa. did do that. That was Ooh. something else. <laughs> from but you, maybe. He, he no. told me a story about how years ago you actually you bought a car from a car salesman and then gave him a handwritten thank you note. And he was like, uh, okay. And a couple years later, he calls you. Hey, yeah. man, uh, I don't know if you remember me, but you bought a car from me and gave me a handwritten note. I need a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, crazy. that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I learned that from Dr. Green. Uh, Clay and I were talking before the show about can everyone you, needs a coach. Can you explain right. real quick yeah. who Dr. Green is and why you chose to have him to be your coach? Because I have a ton of respect for this guy. Um, there's very few people out there that would have a negative word to say about the guy. Uh, unbelievable career. Dr. Green, if you Google the guy, I want you to check out his background and history. T- tell us who Dr. Green is. And then when we get back from the break, I want you to talk about your mentor relationship with, with Dr. Green. Okay, so Dr. Steve Green, um, when I met him, uh, was running Beautiful Brands International. Let's which put was that on the, the show notes there, Chap. Which was the, uh, fran- the, fran- the master franchise that ran like four or five different brands, Camille's right. franchising system and stuff. And a lot of people that are in Tulsa know what that's about. And then later went on to be the uh, dean of the school of business. He was an adjunct professor for ORU, and then he became the dean of the uh, the business school, both the business school and the online business school for ORU. Quick clarification: We have a lot of listeners out there that uh, is an entrepreneur. You know, I, I uh, uh, you know, Henry, Henry Ford didn't have a lot of formal education. You know, Walt Disney didn't have a lot of formal education. So what happens if you're not if you don't have a lot of formal education? A lot of times you can hear something and misinterpret what it means. You just said an adjunct professor which means yeah. a thing I added to something else as a supplementary yeah. rather than an essential part this is a thing added to something else as a supplementary rather than a essential part not a junk professor he's a yeah. junk professor he was a junk <laughs> continue <laughs> junk. <laughs> yeah so he intentionally essentially taught some classes this guy taught a bunch of crap he's a marketing he's a marketing guy right right and he um, he was my uh, business coach for several years. He's also the pastor of Bixby Community Church when he was here. He now is the, I don't know, they call him executive editor of Charisma Magazine, which is based out oh, of wow. uh, like the Orlando area. So it's a Christian magazine. He runs that entire thing. So he's a super 
awesome dude. A lot of respect for him. So he was my one of my best friends in the world, my pastor and uh, my business coach. And really, he's the guy that around 2008, after I'd been in the business for three or four years, really helped me um, launch my business to get um, to get to the level that I that I'm at now. And and I owe him a debt of gratitude. I've told him that all the time. I couldn't possibly write you a check big enough to to pay you for the things that he's done. So love Dr. Green and he's awesome. But one of the things he did teach me is that you have to write thank you cards. And and so I have sent, I think I added it up one time, probably 25,000. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Do you, you cards. auto ship thank you cards to Dr. I, you, Green? No, I used to use a service uh, that I don't necessarily endorse. I'm so. giving you one action item. I think you should do that. Oh, put auto ship thank you cards to Dr. Green. Yeah. Well, I said that's what I I should do that. But I used to use send out cards and you could like automate it. But now, like just right now, where Emma is, my daughter is turning 16. So we went out and uh, went and literally drove about every single car you can. And so I just did that. It's funny you say that, Chup, because I just sent out a whole bunch of cards to a bunch really? of your car sales guys. Nice. Uh, it's yeah, like my it's way of saying, you didn't even send me a card and you want to sell me a car. So I'm going to send you a card. It's like my way of like, in blowing their mind. It's, well, like your, one, it's like your way of saying thank you. It is, but it you know it is a way that you can remember. And I've done, I think um, specifically, I write specific things in the cards, and then I always include one of my wacky business cards, either my Lambo card or my business card where it looks like I'm about to get into a boxing match and I'm in my suit and tie, and it's just a thing that helps people remember. You know the the New York Times bestselling book uh, uh, made to stick. We're, we're breaking it down here. We come back from the break. I'm going to break down the next steps for getting your ideas to stick in the minds of your ideal and likely buyers. But before we do that, I want to encourage you. If you want to save time and money with your office supplies and printer supplies, you want to use Onyx Imaging. And to help you get it stuck in your mind, I'm going to say Onyx Imaging quite a bit. Onyx Imaging, Chuck. Onyx Imaging. Onyx Imaging. Onyx Imaging. Onyx Imaging, Chup. Onyximaging.com. Onyx Imaging. Steve, what you're going to do is Onyx Imaging. And now broadcasting live from the box that rocks, it's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Top of high of learning and high of earning. Taking you to the top like we're hiking Mount Vernon. We're changing the mindsets like we're incense burning. Passing on the magic like my name was Irvin. Serving up that knowledge like I was a servant. I cite what I say so you know I'm not a servant. The Thrive Time Show, bigger the heat while fervent. Giving it to you straight in the world that swerves. Stacking the cash, making the dash. Running the plaques, bringing it back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. Stacking the cash, making the dash. Running the plaques, bringing it back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. Oh, Steve Currington, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show. I'm like smacking my headset on, on the mic radio. because I'm you like liking that? Your song. Yeah. You liking that flow? Like, you liking dude, that flow? Clay, he you probably wrote that in one night, getting seven hours, didn't yeah. sleep at all, and just. That is correct. Okay, uh, I'm course. working on the new, the new intro for the show, though, with Colton Boom. Dixon. Now, just for everybody who doesn't know this, Colton Dixon is a uh, top 40 Christian contemporary artist who's had many songs that are at the top number one of the Christian contemporary charts. And uh, I'm working with him. He's a client of mine. He's a great guy. And he and I have been working together to make a new intro for the shows. And I'm super excited because we've got it now down to 82.9 beats per minute. That's right where you want to be. The title is started from the bottom. Now we're here. It's going to be great. And it's really... uh, We listened to one of his covers today in the coaches uh, meeting. 
Yes. And it was awesome. His acapella version he sent me is incredible, so I'm excited to get that produced over the weekend. And uh, if you're out there listening, I hopefully you, hopefully you it's it's Chup, it's designed to get stuck in your head. It does get stuck in your head, so I'm excited to get it all released. Does it really get stuck in your it's, head? Yeah, it's, it's like Merton for certain. You I can know, I'm sitting back here like singing like I'm Merton. Now, right, but I'm not speaking Merton. of things that get stuck in your head. We're talking today about the book Made to Stick mm-hmm. by the Heath Brothers, which is a book written by two Stanford professors. They've written four New York Times bestselling books, and they're, t- they're, they're, they're teaching us all how to get others to pay attention to your ideas. Now, the next tip they give us is your idea must be credible. Yeah. Now, this is something that I worked with you, Clay Stairs, uh, yeah. on um, when, you know, it's, it's interesting because you started off as a client. And you're still a client today, but it's more of a partnership relationship. I really think that uh, we work together more of kind of a, a ongoing win-win relationship. But in the book Made to Stick, they really push leaders to make sure that their ide- that, that their ide- uh, that their ideas are perceived to be as credible by encouraging people to actually test their ideas against themselves. So as an example. When I work with uh, clients that I coach who are speakers, I always encourage them to make sure that every time they have a point, they support it with a fact, yep. a quote, a story, and an action item. Again, a, a proven fact, a proven quote that you can cite, a story, and an action item. Now, you ran uh, Shepherd's Fold. Can you explain to the listeners out there who aren't who aren't, who, are, who are not familiar with uh, Shepherd's Fold and what Shepherd's Fold Ranch and the camp was all about? Sure. Yeah, Shepherd's Fold Ranch is just north of Tulsa. It is a Christian summer camp and retreat center, primarily focused on uh, creating a place in the country where you can do business with God. But before you decided to become a speaker and before you worked at Shepherd's Fold Ranch, you did what? Uh, even before I did that, I was a school teacher for 15 years. And you had won awards such yeah, as? Yeah, I was teacher of the year. It was the Missouri State Coach of the Year. And you, had, today as a speaker, have uh, spoken at events that Gary Vaynerchuk has spoken at. I think yeah. you spoke at the Ping Golf Club events. Yeah. Um, you're one of the top-rated speakers on the planet. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can prove. Yeah. And it ain't bragging if you're pointing to the scoreboard. Thank That's you. True. That's good. But Write you and I down. had to work through that because you came from a nonprofit and Christian background, where it's sort of like you're, oh. you're humble, yeah, and you don't want to sit there and name drop. But at the same time, nobody believes what you're saying unless you provide when you're speaking every single thing you say, unless you support it with a stat, a quote, a story, and an action item. Talk to me about how that's helped your speaking career, supporting the principles you're teaching with facts, oh yeah, stories, action items. Quotes. Yeah, well, up until I had uh, started learning things like that from you, Clay, I was, again, in the world as a school teacher. Uh, all I had to do was point at a textbook, you know, mm. and say say some big word, and the students would go, oh, he's the teacher he knows. Like mm. adjunct? Yeah, thank you, like adjunct. <laughs> Very good. It, you know, and then when I came into the ministry world, all I had to do was have a really deep idea, you know, and quote a scripture, and everybody goes, mm, mm. Amen. Amen. And it, it was much more emotional. Uh, the the way that I would speak and the, the points that I would make were much more emotional points than they were. Like you're saying, when I stepped into the business world, it you know, they weren't looking for that emotional feel good. They were looking for something that was real, something that was practical, something that uh, was actionable. 
And uh, so I have been uh, I have now been able to help other coaches do the same thing and other uh, other speakers do the same thing that you have taught me. Every single point needs to be supported. It is really, really tough for me to explain. But as a business coach, um, I want to get Eric's take on this because I have been viewed as a authority or a platform or a source of credibility for a long, long time. So it's harder for me to do. A lot of times when I work with my clients, they just accept what I say is truth because of my resume. But Chuck, when you came... true. Well, but I'm saying, but Chup, you came into it as a guy who had had a lot of success. You'd managed your parents' concrete business that they started, but you're coming in. You know, if you Googled your name at that point, there wasn't a whole lot to find. You find a couple high school soccer photos floating around. But nice. I mean, you you didn't come from a place True. where your resume itself provided the credibility, right? But yet you. Um, are a credible person. Can you talk to me about the importance of using what I call the quad, the stats, the quotes, the stories, the action items to prove the points you're teaching when you're working with your clients? Yeah, it's a really simple con- uh, concept. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't have the resume like you were talking about, Clay, and you rely on stats and quotes and stories and, and things like that, if the person you're speaking to or the group you're speaking to wants to argue with those, they're arguing with the higher authority. They're not arguing with you. Bingo. And like you say it all the time, Clay, well, you can argue with gravity all you want, Steve, but go out and jump off the roof and tell me how that argument goes. I'll wait, show you. Wait, I'll, I'll wait. do it. Yeah, well, in, in, in area, there's, there's there's four or five areas that most uh, uh, clients, not our clients, not, no, no, not no, the no. clients that no, we no, have, no, not no. our clients, it's other people's no, clients. theoretically. But people that we've worked with over the years, not we, I mean, so we have, I get this confused. The we haven't worked with them, but other people have worked with Americans in the business community. Right. In that book. A lot of times people, whoever they are, uh, they'll have pushback about certain areas of our business coaching program. And I'm going to start with you, Clay Stairs, on this. When you teach somebody how to get to the top of Google, what percentage of the time do people that you're not working with, but the friends of the people you're working with, do they push back about how Google works? Uh, uh, 100%. No, that's not how Google works, Clay. Yeah, yeah, 100% of the time. Steve Currington, Total Any Concepts, mortgage guru, client, friend. Talk to me. What percentage of the time have you seen people push back on how Google works? Uh, Two weeks ago, um, within our own company. I just literally had to like... like but if you Google uh, Tulsa around. cookies, you're going to find Barbie cookies, right. client. If you Google Tulsa iPhone repair, you find a client, phone doctors. If you Google Dallas real estate photography, you find a client, full package media. If you Google Tulsa new homes or new home construction, you find a client, Shaw Homes. If you Google Tulsa, Tulsa, mortgage. Tulsa mortgages, you find stevecurrington.com. Tulsa client, leadership expert. Uh, oh, you find yeah. Clay Stairs. Client, if you Google uh-huh. Tulsa men's haircuts, you find it. So I'm giving you all sorts of facts. Because when you Google Tulsa men's haircuts, I can't fake it. Elephant in the room comes up top in the Google search engine results. And that's that's why you want to prove things. And one, one thing I can't fake is a guy who has thousands of clients. If you're out there and you're looking for an accountant, are accountants perfect? No. But if you're looking for an accountant that uh, has been used by thousands of people, check out hoodcpas.com. That's hoodcpas.com. Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Today we're talking about 
this concept of how do you get uh, your ideas to stick into the minds of your ideal and likely buyers? How do you do it? I mean, it's so often that people out there, we, we, we say, we go, I have a great idea. And you go and you maybe you get an opportunity to pitch your idea in front of your ideal and likely buyers. And when you pitch the idea, no one has any idea what you're talking about. So I want to start. I want to start with you, Clay Stairs, on this. Talk you're you're a business coach, and you'll meet with somebody who's a, who's a uh, entrepreneur, and you say, "What do you do, or what problems do you solve for your ideal and likely buyers, or what service do you provide?" How often have you met somebody at a speaking event where it takes them about four to five minutes to explain what they do? Oh, yeah. And at the end of that description, you still have no idea what what they're talking about. Yeah, still lost. Yeah, it's very, very common. In fact, I I remember, uh, Clay, when I first started out, I remember you helping me with uh, the the conversation when people, because when I first started out, I was a life coach. Right. And you say the word life coach, and immediately everybody everybody gets in their mind some kind of guru in a toga, or they, you know, I live in a van down by the river. Well, you do wear your business toga. This is what I picture when I hear the word life coach. Yeah. I think of... Why don't you and I get to know each other? Yeah. And then over a period of 12 to 14 weeks, what we do is we talk about how we feel. Yeah. My name is Ruben. Yeah. Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this so this, this whole dog. idea of, of I didn't want to get put in that box right. of what people thought. And the so box. I would always say when people say, Clay, what do you do? I would always start out with just a short little, well, you know, how about this? Have you ever been, and have you ever known of anybody, probably not you, but you've probably known of somebody that has, has just felt like there is something more inside of them than they've, they've tapped into? They're living life and they just know that there's something more, but they haven't tapped into it. You and the whole time they're that's nodding. Me. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Clay. They're nodding their no, head I'm the saying whole time that now to you. And that's they just, me, bro. They just feel kind of <laughs> stuck, you know. And they're nodding their head, and I go, I help people get out of that stuck. And then you break it down into, into the specific steps they need to take yep. with in both their business and their personal exactly. life exactly. to get unstuck. But a, most life coaches, not not you, but a lot of life coaches, they basically they 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 they, they kind of uh, begin kind of a uh, a mysterious life. Oh gosh! And they say, oh, "What I do is I work with I work with clients in all the industries that are looking to what I would call uh, transform." Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I am like, a, and you, you're like, well, specifically, what do, what you, do you do with your clients? Yeah. Well, to me, I hate to put a specific limitation on mm-hmm. what I do. And you're going, you are definitely from Oklahoma. Stop yeah. using that accent. Yeah. I, tell, I tell you about babies. I, what I it's do just, is, it's different with every person. Each what person I, do, I work with. It's it, all unique. It's a very crazy. It's yes. mysterious. I, like, I, make, I make it up as I've I go been to, I've been to Colorado several times. <laughs> I come you back pay, with you, the brownies. You pay me first, then I tell you. Yeah. I'll take you to Mount Vesuvius. No, but there's so much scamockery out there. Nice. Sham, there's, there's, there's so much of that where it's just sham. Mockery. So when you, hear, when you hear the, the whole word life coach, immediately you, you think of something. So in this book called Made to Stick, the Heath brothers, who are Stanford uh, professors there, they, they break down in their New York Times bestselling book. They say the next step you have to do to get an idea stuck in the minds of people is it has to be credible. Credible. We talked about it. Credible. So if you're if you're listening right now and you say, how can I prove I'm credible? You better have statistics that show you're credible. And don't quote like a nerd wallet. Don't quote some obscure website. Have statistics. Have quotes. Have stories. Have testimonials, Chup. Yes. Chup, if you go to thrivetimeshow.com, think about this. We have right now. Over 500 video reviews. 500 
people on video, on video, on YouTube that you can watch real people that have implemented the systems. And I'm going to tell you this. I know a lot of personal trainers who are phenomenal trainers who have fat clients. You know why? Because the fat client can't stop eating the high sugar foods. So if you sign up for a personal training program and you want to continue eating things that cause your blood sugar to rise, you are going to be fat. And just because Jabba the Hutt pays $700 a month for a personal trainer does not mean that the program doesn't work because Jabba the Hutt was known as for such lines in the movie Star Wars, the the, the third one there. Oh, oh, oh. But Jabba the Hutt is eating high sugar food items. Stop eating the stop eating the wheat. I feel like you're stop eating the wheat. Stop eating the sweets. Stop drinking the alcohol. That's what causes weight gain. I'm just saying this to you. There's so many people out there. I, I'm, I'm serious. I work with a lot of people that have done the, the uh, personal training as a career, and it's amazing. You'll see somebody who is just jacked, huge, and you'll say, "Wow." Where are you working out? And they say, this trainer is like the best, dude. He told me to stop eating wheat. He told me to stop having, stop having sweets. And he told me I need to be avoiding alcohol. And I'm like, what are you doing? What? Ooh, well, I'm, I'm well, avoiding hey, alcohol. Hey, everything was going good. Sweets and wheat. I don't know about that. Then you see somebody else with the exact same trainer who says, my trainer isn't good at all. They'll say, my trainer isn't good at all, man. I swear to God, this guy's like, he's freaking this idiot. He's charging me like $1,000 a month, and it's like I don't get in shape. It's because you're not implementing the system. Knowledge without application, according to Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison Tommy says, Eddie. put this on the show notes. He says, vision without execution is hallucination. So you watching TED Talks isn't going to help you. You getting a college degree isn't going to help you. You applying what you're learning is going to help you. Clay Stairs, not yes. talking to our listeners, mm-hmm. but it's the friends of the listeners. Talk to me about your frustration as a coach from time to time. Not that very much, but very rare. Just It's like you, you say, you know, I'm talking to my client and they're doing everything, but they're friend of their friend. That's the person who's like learning my system. They bought my book, but they're not implementing. Talk to me about the implementation gap because it's like a huge abyss. It's like I know what to do, but over here I'm supposed to do it. I don't do it. It's a big abyss that separates the knowing and the actual doing. Talk to me about that, the implementation gap. Yeah, well, it's, it's an emotional gap. It's it's a it's a valley of desolation because it's an emotional gap that people want to do things that they emotionally connect to, right. things that emotionally make them feel good, and it's just I mean no matter what business book you read, no matter what success book you read, the steps to success involve uncomfortableness. It involves sacrifice. Oh, preach it! Come it on, it involves now. pain. It involves hurt. It involves isolation. It involves uh, sacrifice. Sacrifice, it involves trade-offs. And I want to hire a coach that will tell me what to do, what I want to do. We were in a meeting, and I told you, I said, Clay Stairs, you need, when you go out there and speak, you need to gather video reviews and testimonials from your clients. When you go speak, it's not good enough just to do a good job. Yep. You've got to get video reviews and testimonials. How hard was that? Talk to me about the trade-offs and the uncomfortability oh, you went through to get that yeah, done. When you are talking to somebody and you have a camera in your hands and you're pointing the camera at, person, at a person saying, tell me how good I was. 
How uncomfortable is that? Right. You know, I, I and I remember I would go and you say, don't come back without four or five. I told videos. you to make 100 cold calls a day. Talk oh, to me about the uncomfortable. The uncomfortable, uncomfortable because, Clay, if I call them, they might say no. Oh. And oh. if they say no. They will I, say no. I mean. Talking about is, waking up before 6 a.m., how comfortable was that? Why am I now a 3 o'clock in the morning wake-up guy? How did this happen to me? You know, it's like, well, there's just there's trade-offs. If I want to work three days a week, then I have to have a big three days. I've got to get up early and get it done. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to get your ideas stuck into the minds of other people. Stay tuned. It's the Drive Time Show on your radio. No negative emotion, because that's what business is. Always dominate, because I got five kids. I will not lose. I don't break but rules. They can talk about me. I can take that abuse. Here is the truth. Why they make that excuse? I'll be up grinding, because the scoreboard's the truth. He is my mentor, like my Yoda dude. He showed me the force like I was a young loser. All right, Drive Nation, welcome back to the Drive Time Show on your radio. And today we're talking about how to get your ideas stuck in the minds of your ideal and likely buyers. And we're breaking down the proven method that's detailed in the case study and the book written called Made to Stick by the Heath Brothers. And they will be guests on the Thrive Time Show and the upcoming podcasts. And we're breaking down their method. We move on now. We've talked, we've talked about simple. Your ideas have to be simple. They have to be unexpected. They have to be credible. And these final two aspects, Chip, I want to start with you. Emotional. Uh, they, they, they explain in their book, you really have to break down ideas in a way that lets people feel something. And I feel like you are probably the master of that, of all the coaches we have. Um, you do such a good job at this. And from their book, Made to Stick, they write, The most basic way to make people care is to form an association between something that they don't care about and something that they do care about. Talk to me about how with your clients, how you're able to connect with them and let them know that you actually do sincerely care about their life and their business. Well, one thing I like to do is reach out to them outside of our meetings when I have a little bit of extra free time, send them a text, let them know, hey, I was thinking about this, thinking about you. So that kind of shows people, hey, it's not so transactional. They really care. And then another thing I like Kind of creepy, but you've been known to leave messages like, I've been thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you only text me. No, I just send YouTube links to stuff like that. No. Um, but another thing is uh, that makes things memorable for me, uh, what I've gotten good feedback from clients is to make them laugh while our teaching. I know that's a principle of Uh, Just like today, I was talking to a person who's getting a business started, and I was trying to explain to them the fact that no is going to have to be their new best friend. And so I pulled up an old commercial of Toucan Sam. Does anybody remember Toucan Sam? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it did. Fruit Loops. He says his whole tagline is, follow your nose, follow your nose, follow your nose. And so I was telling this person how no is what you're going to have to start saying to everything that is not on your goal list. Everything. And then also... You're going to have to get used to hearing the word no. You're going to get told no a ton as you begin to sell your product and service. So follow your nose, but not your face nose, the uh, no in your life. There's, there's a, a double, client. There's a double meaning in and that. And they double laughed, meaning, and wow. they remembered it. And so that was one of the emotional double things. A client I worked with years ago who was a so contractor, um, he started using truth to sell. So when he would go to his meetings, he would wasn't ever being uh, dishonest, but he started to use truth to sell. So he would sit down with a client and he would say, he would do an assessment and then he would use testimonials. He said, here, here is a list of 30 people that I've actually worked with, their cell phone numbers, and I don't feel comfortable 
moving forward on your home remodel project until you call at least five of them. If you could commit to call two, three, four, five, whatever, I'd love if you call five. And then let's go ahead and meet Tuesday, and we'll meet and see if it's a good fit. Awesome so, move. So today's Friday. Let's meet. I'm glad we met today, but I, I really don't feel comfortable moving forward until you've called at least five clients. And a lot of them will let you give a tour. They'll give a tour of the home because I've asked them, and they can show you what we did. You know, And, and if it's cool with you, can we just not talk about the paying a deposit until our meeting on, on Monday you know, or Tuesday? Is that okay? And they say, yeah, sure. Great. So what's a good time to meet on Tuesday? Tuesday at 3? Okay, great. Now, let's, can you commit to go ahead and call on those references? And it works great. Mm-hmm. So the first time he had done this, because he's so used to that high-pressure sales, because a lot of contractors have been taught, like, what you want to do is, uh, typically what I do is my cabinets, uh, they would be $12,000 for what we would call these, you know, these cabinets here. But for the European, but what we're going to do now is uh, we have a limited special. Now, if you pay half down today, I could what I could do is my distributor has allowed me to get a, a limited time edition uh, discount. But I'm going to buy them today. But it, there's always that pressure. And so he called me on Friday and goes, dude, I just did the move for the first time. This is like, what, seven, eight years ago. And I said, uh, okay. Okay, it's going to happen. Trust me. Love will lead them back. And he goes, love will lead them back? Mm-hmm. And I said, it's a Taylor Dane song from the <laughs> 1990s. And and it's a, it's a thing where once they love you, they don't just like you. Once, they've been pro- once, they've, once you've been bona fide and you've been proven, Bonafide. I promise they'll come back. And so I left them a voicemail. Do you remember the song Love Will Lead You Back? To Steve, do you remember the song Love Will Lead You Back? Yeah, yeah. It's like, love will lead you back or someday I just know that love will lead you back in my arms. It won't be long. And I'm just like, and I'm singing this Maybe song with passion. Maybe YouTube and people on his, pick it up better. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, so this, <laughs> oh, just kidding. So I, I'm singing oh. this on his voicemail, though. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm singing on his voicemail. And I left the, I sang, I pulled up the lyrics and I sang the whole song. Like mm. the entire thing. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm thinking it to chorus two and chorus three. Oh. And he, so he gets it on like a Monday and he goes, dude, that, like the fact that you sang a horrible version (laughs) of Taylor Dane's (laughs) Love Will Lead You Back. One, I don't know who she is, but the fact that you sang a song that I I think I've heard before, it like, it let me know that you gave a crap and you like put yourself out there and like, I could have shared that with anybody. I could have put it online. I could have whatever. And like, that's how I feel. And that's what gave me. Whatever I, I gave me the belief that you cared over the weekend. And I can just say, if you're out there listening and you own a business and people don't think that you emotionally care, you are going to lose. Now, the final move to get ideas stuck in the heads of your ideal and likely buyers, I call this the Jesus method. You might call it the stories method. Oh, yeah. But Jesus taught truth through parables. Yep. Stories. And stories have a way of drilling down into your core and getting stuck in your head. You might not for you, know, you might not remember the whole movie or what was it all what was it all about, but you remember the core story and then you can remember the truth, the moral of the you, you, you might not remember all the actors' names and what each character was and what the plot was, but you remember, gosh, this was the, the story and this was the the moral of the story. So I want to start with you on this clay stairs. You are really, really good at um, getting your ideas stuck in the heads of your clients as a teaching method that helps them grow their companies. And uh, on the book Made to Stick, they write, they say, for creating a successful idea, create a simple, unexpected, concrete, credentialed, emotional story. And I see you do that every single day, and it, you're, you're, you're magical at that. You're very good at that. Talk to me about how you use stories to teach and coach your clients to success. 
teaching or teaching through stories allows you to uh, to to say hard things in an indirect way to people. And uh, so many times, if you could just go straight to the point and say, here's what you need to do, people will resist that. It stings a little. Yeah, people will, will buck up, you know, and, and they'll just, you know, who are you to talk to me? But bringing it through a story, especially, Clay, if it's a story, a personal story. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> I got a story true. for you. I yeah. got a story because I just made it up. <laughs> yeah, but, but if it's a personal story, about a time where you were in a similar situation in a similar spot and here's how here's the things that I was thinking here's what I was feeling and then I love to follow that up with does that make sense yeah. are you are you tracking with me can you relate to any of that and they're just sitting there nodding your head nodding their head and then you just make these simple segue. real quick when um, they start nodding your head you know the story went weird <laughs> you know, oh it's going <laughs> very well um, why are your they hands on your my head, head? Yeah. So they're sitting there nodding their head, and so you're going, and and I I feel like just it's the same thing here in this situation. Let me give a story for the listeners out there. There we go. Once upon a time, we had a a sponsor. Uh, Once upon a time, we had a sponsor, and what happened was he was out there adjusting backs. He was helping keep the spines in line. He was a guy who was on time all the time. He is a chiropractor. People came to him for needs. They wanted to to help their body become uh, more healthy, to become more aligned. And then, then, then one, one day he got a call. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, uh, is this Dr. Sibley? Yeah, this is Dr. Sibley. Hey, Dr. Sibley, why are you sounding just like Clay Clark? Kind of his story voice. I don't know who Clay Clark is because this is the past. Well, hey, my name is Wayne Gretzky. What? Your name is what? Oh. My name's Wayne Gretzky. Why do you sound like Adam Sandler? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm the great one. I've been <laughs> playing in That's NHL for many Clark. years. I'm the great one. I'm Wayne Gretzky. I'm the best hockey player of all time. And I would like for you to adjust my back because you are my chiropractor of choice. And I would like in the future for you to become the chiropractor of choice for many people and you really sounds great sounds great (laughs) and so what happens is all of a sudden everybody in Tulsa everybody listened to the podcast realized and memorized and and you can't forget that Dr. Sibley I call him Sibbles Sibs Sibbles it's a lot of you know Sibbles yeah you remember Sibble Shepherd Sibble Shepherd wasn't there a movie called Sybil? A TV no. show. Yeah, that it was, was her. Sybil, Sybil Shepherd. She was like an actress back oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's kind of about the same age and, and overall look as, Grace Sharon, Under Fire? as Sharon Stone. Or, or Grace. Yeah, very similar except yeah. not hot. Okay. So, Whoa. But I'm just saying, kidding. I'm hey, just kidding. It stings a little. All I'm saying is Dr. Sybils, Dr. Sybils, Sibley, this guy has been the chiropractor of choice for Dr. <laughs> for, for, for Wayne Gretzky, the non-doctor Wayne Gretzky, and you'll have that stuck in your mind forever. This is the guy who worked with the NHL Hall of Famer Wayne Gretzky. Dr. Stick Sibley. is in the office. I've so seen it. So check him out at drjohnsibley.com, drjohnsibley.com, and then after you go to that web, website, go to thrivetimeshow.com. Go to thrivetimeshow.com where we have the podcasts, thousands of videos, one-on-one business coaching, and you got to book your tickets for the June 20, what date, Chup? 22nd, 23rd, Friday, June 20- and Saturday. Second and June 23rd workshop. Book it now at thrivetimeshow.com. Three, two, one. Boom. Boom.